Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. And my name's Daniel. And this is episode 102. Woohoo! That's right. Happy Pumpkin. Happy Pumpkin Day. Happy Pumpkin. Happy Pumpkin Month, rather. What? Happy Pumpkin Month. Whole month. Whole month. Full of pumpkin. One week away until mm. Halloween. It's, it feels surreal. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like this month like flew by? I feel like all time is... At the same time, moving very quickly and very slowly. Mm-hmm. Very, like, so, uh, some weeks are a year, yeah. <laughs> and some years are a week. I, I don't know anymore. Time doesn't matter, Daniel. Yeah, it's we, this, we've had this discussion This times. weird 2020 time vortex mm. paradigm thing. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Yeah, it's all painful. Yeah, it's all very painful. Just pure pain. <laughs> <laughs> but I could say at least I, I filled my month with a lot of spooky stuff, so that, that's yep. been good. Which uh, we're we're gonna try and do a, like a whole jam pack like Halloween grab bag episode next week. A bone jamboree where we <laughs> fucking deep dive into like our thirty days of watching, basically. Uh, yeah, I try. I've tried to, and I haven't succeeded fully, but I've tried to stuff at least one horror feature film mm-hmm. a day. A night, actually. Uh, the only thing that's kind of paused my progress is that the Conjuring films, by and large, are very boring, and I have fallen, fallen asleep during most of them um, and had to pick them up the next day. So, yeah. like, I, I lose two days of good horror watch because I'm trying to figure out, like, is Annabelle the one that's doing all this shit, or is it the ghosts that cling to Annabelle? It's very confusing. Yeah. But we will break that down. You were on a very good streak. I think we, we had a few days where maybe we doubled up. So, Double like, up. The, these uh, what are, cuckoo days, as we call them. The cuckoo universe? <laughs> yeah, the cuckoo days where you're doing, like, half a movie here, half a movie there. Right. It works. It, it does. It does. I've seen a lot of good movies. I've, I've revisited old films. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to discuss that on another podcast because that's what we demand in these trying times. Another podcast. More podcasts. From, from two white men. For sure. That, that's going to be a fun one. I, I like Halloween-centric content. We don't do enough of it. No, we don't because there's only one month where it makes sense. But I feel like we, being the nature of our podcast, you know, being the save room, being like, resident evil centric we always kind of loop it back to horror somehow we do loop it back to horror that is very true horror games are my main bag (laughs) as you're wearing a resident evil shirt am i yeah oh man i don't even notice at this point it just happens to me get stoked for that we're we're excited for that one and then i think next save room saturday we're trying to do something with the roommates i don't know Watch, I don't know. Watch movies we're, we're all day. Terrible planning things. We're like very that. bad at planning. No, this has been a terrible year to try to do like big event stuff. Our jobs have gotten worse. Yes, I will say they have gotten worse. They devour far more of my time. And any time that you like, kind of, kind of raise the the red flag and go, "Hey, I need a healthy balance." It's like, yeah, you should think about how you want to do that. And I'm like, well, how would I do less of this? Oh no, you <laughs> can't do less of that. We need you to do more of that. Next. There isn't a next. <laughs> Talk to you later. What? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it goes. It's it fucking sucks right it now. It doesn't help that we have kind of like a propensity to overwork as it is. Yes. I like to excel at what I do. This mm-hmm. is why we have the number one podcast in America. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. Um, what were we talking about? I was just bitching about work for a oh, second. Oh, no. I, w- I was saying how like next Saturday we hope to do some sort of... We were going to do like a save room like costume party sort of dealy. Halloween party. For, for the roommates. But oh, that I, was never going to happen. I thought it was going to happen. That was I was, I was championing for I could have told really you that was never going to yeah, happen. Okay. Who are you talking to? Me. <laughs> you think I'm going to get a costume? What the fuck? Where am I going to get a costume? Wow, way, way to destroy my, my, what am I gonna uh, my do? dreams. Way to smash it like a pumpkin Who'd on November you? 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. I, I don't know smashing pumpkin lyrics. I just know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Wanna go for a ride? That would have been a good one. Wanna go for a ride? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Um, oh, shit. Twitch is going to come after us for that DMCA. Oh, no. God damn. No, Twitch, I'm sorry. We're going to delete all of our content. We were just talking about the year 1979. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing that SoundCloud doesn't have a similar DMCA uh, stronghold policy, but they'll catch up eventually. I got to tell you, I don't think anybody actually works at SoundCloud. <laughs> I think it's fully automated yeah. at this point. It's for the people by the people. They let you do whatever you they just put whatever you want. There's nothing. <laughs> there's no moderation or anything. I don't think I, I I couldn't name anybody associated with SoundCloud. Chance the rapper, maybe. No, like, like what he owns. Like he owns it. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like what? S- what who could have been a SoundCloud rapper. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying, right? Like we're in this ecosystem, but it's like the boss left a long time ago. Yeah. We're all working. We're all putting our content out there and our opinions and our music and our guffaws, but there's nobody like overseeing this shit. It, it's a fucking one computer server in Arizona. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Boss is out there in Bermuda right now, sipping on a Kahlua drink. <laughs> the boss is sipping on Kahlua right now? Yeah. I hope. I Pick hope he's Kahlua. doing good right now, man. I hope he's doing good. He made SoundCloud and it's just like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> The pinnacle's done. <laughs> My life's works. <laughs> well, speaking of SoundCloud, that's where you can find us. And who is us? We're the save room. We actually make up the plus three in AOC plus three, if nice. you didn't know that. Yeah, it's you, me, and Clementine. Yeah. It was it was so cool to get a shout out from uh, our, our Fuhrer uh, <laughs> during the last presidential <laughs> debate about that. Thank you, Donald. Yeah. You're a fucking joke, Trump. We needed the bump, and we appreciate it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we got hacked by a pro-Trump life group. It's, it's weird. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can find us in SoundCloud cloud.com uh if anybody is managing it slash the safe room show spotify itunes google play and even stitcher got it hardly know her oh <laughs> that's a little joke we like to tell jokes on this yeah, podcast we're a fun sometimes group. it's true yeah, we like to have fun here no and if <laughs> if you want to see us on twitch Sometimes you can find my friend daniel at dungeons and daniels at twitch.tv sometimes sometimes you can find me at the red herb it should be twitch.tv yeah, slash the rep. You gotta do the whole thing. Whatever. I, you know what? The username should be the lead in. They need me in there. <laughs> they need me in there, right? Like the red herb dot twitch.tv. Boom. There we go. Boom. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that, that's what I'm promoting. There yeah, you go. More or less. And you can find us on Twitter at Save Room. That's Sometimes I log into that account. Sometimes. Sometimes I log into yeah. that account. Just to, like, knock off the webs and, like, make a little life joke. Going, Just like, to keep, like, the, the handle active. Otherwise, we'll get it taken down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hashtag waifus and Genshin. And then I, and then I don't log in <laughs> yeah, for another month. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> good times. Good times. Cool. Well, Daniel is, um, he's struggling with his sinuses. Yeah, he's fighting. Really he's fighting the fall season. Uh, you feeling okay? I hate it because it's like my favorite time of the year, but it's always the time of year that fights against me the most. It is a good time of year, though. I went on a walk, uh, I think, yesterday, and I was like, God damn, it's nice out out here. I wish it would stay this way, like, the rest of the year. But I do know there's going to be a frigid, awful fucking day that makes us want to die. It's the dark winter that Biden's talking about. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's coming. It is a coming, We were driving today, just kind of doing... Kind of like petty errands. Boy stuff. <laughs> we were trying to get cups, doing whatever the fuck we were uh, Excuse me, and... getting stamps so I can mail my ballot yeah. is not a petty errand. That's and true. all of y'all, you're running out of time. If you haven't voted or made a plan to vote, you ain't got another chance. Do it. Vote. Go vote. Save room says, go fucking vote. Uh, Kevin says, vote! <laughs> I don't know why. But other outside of getting stamps for the, this very important voting election we were just doing 
like I was saying, petty errands. And we were driving, and I was marveling at, like, the colors of the trees. And I'm like, oh, look at that yellow. Look at that orange. Look at that red. And I almost fucking, like, crashed the car on a turn as I was looking at a tree. That's how enamored by the season I am. It just just takes me. (laughs) You're just like, look at this wonderful tree. And I was like, can we complete this turn? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, grab the wheel. I gotta look at this tree real quick. Petty errands. Wow. (laughs) I see how you view these days. But speaking of petty things, uh, we're podcasting because there's some gaming news this week yes light gaming news very light it seems like the the eye of the storm before you know basically next month when the new consoles come out Mm. and that's going to be like review after review people playing this game fucking sony fucking up on pre-orders people getting this shit canceled over here uh xbox is falling on top of cats just anarchy Mm. anarchy is going to occur i'm okay with the lull because it's given me some time to just like Catch up on video games. Catch up on my backlog until we have to transition into that new season of video game hype and and hardware and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole kit and caboodle. We gotta figure out how to do new consoles, man. How do we live? How do we live? What do we play? Bug Snacks is not coming out this year, I don't think. No? I don't think so. That's not a launch title. I mean, we're getting what? We're getting Miles Morales. We're getting Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls. And Astro's Playroom. Yeah, it's on there like that U2 album is stuck on iTunes. Yeah. It's well, just on your PS5. So we, we got games. Don't worry about it. Don't you worry, Save Roommates. We got games. Guys, don't yeah. don't worry. There's no shortage <laughs> of video games yeah, this I, year. I'm excited to see kind of like the swell up hype of like what the, what the new conversations are going to be. And it's also interesting to think that like we're getting a new console like, you know, in the last two months of the year because I feel like a lot of those releases are going to tie into like game of the year talk. Yeah, that was thing that was something I was thinking about too. I was like, let me think about like what my game of the year list is and I was like, oh, well wait. We I won't know until like we're done. Like yeah. actually out of mid December. Yeah. The fact we that can like out what that is. Spider-Man and Demon Souls can come along and probably like yeah. sweep my list at this point. Like it's right. we don't know what those games are going to be like, but I imagine they're going to be amazing. So. And don't forget games that are coming out for every console or like consoles that aren't expressly oh, yeah. next gen. Like Valhalla. Yeah, yeah Valhalla, Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Yakuza like a dragon probably come in and smash a few off my list. We also have Hyrule Warriors, The Age of Calamity, which will be number 1 oh, for me. God, That's going to be wait. game of the year already. The cover art is game of the year, <laughs> like nonetheless. But uh, yeah, we'll 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 see. I'm very interested. I'm very interested, and I'm also like thinking, man, do I have a horror contender on my list? No, Resident Evil Three came out in mm. April, but like it's honestly not going to rank very high for me, just because I think it is kind of um, let's just put it in a word derivative of Part Two, sure. rather than being like a true remake yeah. of Part. Or the original game, I should say. Like, a thing that kind of stands on its own. That, yeah. Like, you really have to, like, champion people to play. Like, you need to play three. Like, like we were saying about two. Two, like, change the game. Change the game. Yeah. And then part three didn't. It's <laughs> basically what happened. It's a shame to, to think that, like, I have days where I forgot that I even played it. Yeah. Because I look back on it sometimes. Or Actually, I, I think back to, like, the, the boss fights. Those, those encounters with Nemesis that were really cool. That mm-hmm. I, I was like, this is why I love this game. And, and to just forget about it i don't know it's it seems like a shame feels wrong because there were great moments in that game it just was it didn't feel complete to me there are great moments in all four hours of that game yeah um no i was thinking about the other horror contender being perhaps amnesia rebirth oh um, did that come out this year yeah i don't know that it came out this week oh <laughs> that's why i'm playing it. okay yeah do you want to tell me about it real quick no okay okay I'll we'll, we'll save that for another episode now uh amnesia rebirth it, the master of hide and seek horror mm-hmm. uh which typically isn't 
your bag? Not typically my bag. Like I'm not I'm not a big fan of Outlast. I got halfway through before I was like, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I I was trained by Capcom that I can fight back with a shotgun, and these <laughs> games were like, what if not? And it it sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. So basically, you're playing walking sims that you can get harmed <laughs> in. <laughs> and this one does a lot of that, but I think this one does it very well, which is why Amnesia, the series, is kind of the king of that genre, that subgenre of horror. Yeah. Um, this one interlaces a story that feels kind of essential to like what's happening. Okay. And I do like how they play with it. So like, it takes place in 1937. You're out in the middle of the desert. Uh, obviously, your uh, your character is a part of some sort of like archaeological. That's not a word. Uh, say it for me. Archaeological. Thank you. Uh, dig, uh, basically. <laughs> But it's very, very apparent that they've unearthed something horrible, something perhaps even out of this world. Oh, wow, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been really cool, and the horror is very effective. Actually, it, it's much more cinematic rather than more Outlast. It's just like, here's enemy AI that you got to fucking... Or how Alien Isolation, here's, here's enemy AI that you need to, like, put tables and closets between yourself and the, and the bad guy. Yeah. This one's more, a little more scripted with, like, here's a set piece that you need to figure out. And I actually really like that approach, where it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, shit, this fucking gangly beast shows up in the middle of the dark, and I'm just like, how do I get out, is, like, the question. How do I get out right now? Rather than it be, oh, you gotta find a key and sneak around him. Like, no, it's, I, I like how it does it. So, big fan. I think I'm almost toward the end. I think I'm almost toward the end because um, I've had like five fucking encounters with these horrible things and I've unraveled a lot of the stories. I just feel like I'm missing like one thing that'll tie it all together. And I don't even know how it fits into the rest of the series. I'm walking in as an outsider. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I have no idea what like, is this a prequel or a sequel? I have no fucking clue. I I think it's a prequel, but apparently the whole um, setting is way different. So the first two games are like in a castle or medieval kind of like setting. This mm-hmm. one's in the middle of the fucking desert. There's a lot of daytime scenarios in the game. I like a game that can pull off daytime horror. I like a game not that can do it. Not enough games try and do it. No, not at all. And few succeed <laughs> that do try, to be honest with you. Right? I'm yeah. trying to think of one. I mean, Resident Evil 4 does a bunch of daytime horror. Yeah, yeah, to but... to an extent, but it, it, it's gray outside yeah. and stuff like that. This one's like bright daylight. Hmm. Like, hey, here's the sun. Sun hurts. There's even parts where it's just like, yeah, you need to get in the shadow, dude. Like, it it it's sizzling your skin to be out in the desert for too wow. long. It's pretty cool. I like it. I like, I like that, because a lot of the scariest shit I see sometimes is in the middle of the day. Oh, another big thing that is uncommon for video games in general. You play as a pregnant woman the entire game. Oh. You are pregnant, and there's a mechanic to check on your baby. Oh, is that what that's about? Yeah, you hold on the circle, you look down and go, oh, little one. (laughs) The whole time, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Fucking Death Stranding here, pioneering all these games to have a baby mechanic. I was saying, they had to deal with a man before the gamers would accept playing as a woman who's pregnant. Yeah. They're like, what if man pregnant? (laughs) What if if man had baby? But he's cool, he's not actually pregnant, and he drinks Monster. (laughs) And then the gamers are like, yeah, I'm on board, I'm on board. Very cool. Well, I'm glad to see you digging it. I don't know. Would it, would it be something I'd enjoy, you think? Ooh, I would say, did you pick up the first two for free? Because it was a PS Plus. I did not. Damn. If you have... Uh, I would say try it, but I don't want you to like... I mean, it, it, it's not expensive. It's 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. But like, also 30 bucks is 30 bucks. Like, okay. that can go elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? So may, maybe wait for it on sale if you're interested, to be honest okay. with you. Let me ask you another question. Do I get to kill anything? No. No. Nah, bitch. <laughs> That's one of that that is that type of horror, which is I need to get out of here. 
not. I'm going to take a shotgun and blast a dude. I just want to kill like one thing. Yeah. You know. RE7 is more. Uh, That's true. I'm well, I mean, some people could argue she had a baby, so she killed her dreams. So, you know. Whoa! <laughs> There's something to Jesus say about that. Jesus Christ! Sorry, sorry, I'm in a dark place these days. Oh, he's in a dark place. Sorry. God damn. <laughs> apparently, apparently he wasn't sold in Death Stranding's baby mechanics. God damn, he wasn't ready. <laughs> um, cool. I, I think um, it'll be interesting to see, because I'm playing two kind of smaller games that, that I thought might inch their way up my game of the year list, but I'm not sure if it's actually going to happen. I'm playing a little bit of Thunder Lotus's Spirit Fair, which I'm not too far into, but I find very charming oh. so far. Yeah, if you guys don't know, it is a cozy simulation management game about death and grieving and helping characters oh. move on. Basically. What are you running like a funeral home uh, on a boat? Basically, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Um, and then I'm playing Hades, which I think might stand more of a chance of, of landing yeah. somewhere on my game of the year list. So. Hades is fucking amazing, my dude. I love Hades. Hades is. I was telling you yesterday, I, I've never played a roguelike before, but I couldn't imagine playing any other roguelike after playing Hades, because yeah. it sets the bar so high. I never want to go back to Dead Cells. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, uh, Philip, whatever his name is. Muchin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go back to Dead Cells, because this game just fucking, it lands it for me pretty hard. Mm-hmm. It places an importance on the death loop mechanic in a way that other games before it haven't done. Yeah, it does it in a very, like unique and interesting way like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fascinated by the loop i'm fascinated by how like each time you die like your character reacts to it the characters around you react to it and like <laughs> yeah. you get more and more tidbits about the world your character and about um what's the main character's name uh zagreus zagreus they call him zag for short you, you get more about uh, if you're friendly with him. uh zag's story and it's uh yeah. it's, it's interesting and the variance of play is super high too with like all the weapons you get to choose and all the boons that you get to equip per weapon. And the fact that the roguelike does switch it up where it's like, you're never going to get the same boons in, into like kind of sequential runs. Like it's always different. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. I think I, my first two sit downs with it were a little rough where I'm like, I don't think it's sticking. Cause I, I hadn't gotten very far. What? I kept getting like stuck at like the, the first what? like fight with, uh, with what? Megara. But after I cleared it, I had this really awesome sword that actually like let me like kind of regenerate health with each hit. I was flying. I got through the first world, I got through the second world, and I got like almost like to the midpoint second half of the third world. I'm like, I get this game now. Now I understand it. Yeah. And then I died and I'm like, oh fuck, that well now I got to fucking go again. And and yeah, it's 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 thrilling. I do feel like I'm getting better at it with each time or just kind of getting more daring with what I do where I'm like, oh whatever, I'll just fucking I'll use my fucking twin fists to punch my way to victory mm-hmm. or, you know, use the, the shield. So um, I'm digging it so far. It's, it's very cool. The ambiance of it all is really neat. The soundtrack, like you, you were saying last week, like it fucking kicks teeth. It shreds. Uh, it definitely shreds. Yeah. I didn't realize it was uh, Darren Cobb who did the transistor soundtrack. Cause it sounds like a completely oh, really? different, like, like orchestration and, and composition, yeah. like mindset. But there was this one vocal track that hit when you go to like one of these rooms where like, it's kind of that same sing songy stuff that you hear like throughout a lot of transistor. And I was like, this has to be Darren Cobb. And I looked it up and I'm like, damn, he did that. And all this like doom metal type shit. Like his doom metal so solid. It's really cool. Super technical, really drives like the yeah. fights and like your progress through the battles. And I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm impressed with it. I'm, really really excited to just kind of sit down with it again and and see how far i can get on a subsequent run so it's a very good game yeah i i it i think it already breaks into my top five for like my top 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> this year of best games uh i gotta i gotta figure out where it sits but it is a game where it's like i i 
it's almost like this evergreen experience where I keep on wanting to go back yeah. to it. Very much so. So I love that game. I don't love games otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that game. Let me tell you that what. That game is something special. Well, to, to keep the train rolling here, because we'll probably do a Saver and Plays somewhere down the line. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more about these these games that we love and we just we lay with just like crystal dynamics we can't give you a roadmap to this podcast sorry because both our mental health and our other obligations financial and otherwise (laughs) disrupt our plans basically thank you for sticking with us we appreciate it so to kind of warm you guys up before we get to the the big gamer update is as kevin's uh kind of naming it this go it's a gamer we got some gaming quickies oh uh number one on here there's no more victory dick for Microsoft Steve. I'm I sorry. don't want that kind of quickie. Hold on. I got it wrong. <laughs> no more victory dick. <laughs> sorry. There, there's no more victory dick for Minecraft Steve. They took it away from him. <laughs> Nintendo saw it. Nintendo oh, no. saw the memes. They saw the inappropriate right. dick in those victory screens and they said, nah. This is a big moment because it's Nintendo admitting, yeah, you're right. That looks like a dick. <laughs> and then took it out of the game. Literally all it is is, is him kind of standing at the victory screen and holding his pickaxe in a certain way to where it kind of looks like his penis. It looks like his penis. Yeah. That's that victory dick. I mean, whew. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. Uh, I think it's a huge mistake. I think it's an absolute mistake that they uh, censored this mm-hmm. game. That was obviously the yeah. creator's vision for it. It's very a Sony move right there. Very Sony yeah. move. I think it's anti-consumer. Yeah. I think it's... Uh, Reggie would have let it fly. Yeah. Reggie would have let that dick stick. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fucking Doug Bowser's like, no, let's give it the chain chomp. Let's get it out of here. Yeah. Doug Bowser, a little too conservative for yeah. my taste. Let me tell you too what. Much. Okay. All right. I don't know how they're running their ship over there, but I need a lot more dick out of Nintendo these years. Yeah, basically. Okay. 2018, we got all the fucking Nintendo smut we could have asked for. Bowsette, Boozette, all that. Oh, man, I think we were getting schlong as long as the day yeah. back in 2018. Now we get nothing. So now, thanks, Doug. Now it's dry dick. No dick. <laughs> so, th- yeah, thanks a lot, Doug. I was considering getting the, the second season pass, but now that's a hard no for me. <laughs> no, you weren't. I've gone soft. On no, I want, I, want a hard, I want to hard stop you on this. You had no intention of ever <laughs> getting that pass. Considered it. <laughs> oh, really? Which characters stand out to you? It's more of the promise, <laughs> you know. <laughs> much like, much like I, I, I thought of the promise combining the potential with Marvel's Avengers, where it's like you know, yeah, no, I bought into the potential of that game. I got to tell you, that doesn't typically work out. <laughs> no, which leads us to kind of our next quickie here. Um, sorry, yeah. true believers, Kate Bishop, who was supposed to be coming to the game in October, is is not. She's been delayed. Is not. When is she coming out, Daniel? We, we don't really know, Kevin. Excuse me, what? We How just do don't they... know. But they want to do it. They had a thought. But they don't know when. <laughs> they gotcha. don't know when. Okay. Yeah, this comes on kind of the, the heels of the news that both the uh, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 version of Avengers has been kind of like, they put, they put the can on it for a minute. Can I, can I uh, extend a big fuck you to Microsoft for making us have to say, like, stop our brain every time we go, Xbox, yeah, it was Xbox like- <laughs> Series X? Yeah. Like, say, what the fuck, y'all? <laughs> no, no, seriously, fuck you guys. <laughs> Come up with a better name. Yeah. Your shit sucks. PlayStation 5? Easy. No, no, no. Numbers me, go in order. Let me take a step back. Let me take a step back. <laughs> I, I think the console is going to be excellent. There's sure. a lot of features that I wish PS5 had that Xbox Series X has. But I don't like saying Xbox Series X every time I fucking podcast. Like, stop this. That's a tongue twister. Malarkey. Or come up with something very simple. The, the new X. Holy shit. Bitch. Phil, did you hear that? Fire your marketing team. They the are hacks. The new X. Kevin is here to fix you. I love to that. To write your shit, bitch. <laughs> 
So, uh, according to a blog, more or less, Crystal Dynamics kind of came more out. More or less. They, yeah. Actually, no, sorry. Some of it was napkins. <laughs> it came from a blog post that Square Enix put on their website, basically addressing mm-hmm. a, a whole slew of updates that's coming to the game. Uh, new post-game content, all this stuff. And basically, kind of these... I don't know, thank you packages they're giving to us true believers. Um, they gave me tachyons or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. So basically, if you log in between now and November 5th, you get a bundle of like 1,500 credits, 7,000 units, upgrade modules, 20 DNA keys, and a Sarah Garza-inspired nameplate? Seriously? You're the best. Amazing. So a lot of the stuff that's also detailed in there is kind of like some future plans they have for the game. They're trying to put in the ping system finally. They're trying to add more bosses, trying to do more with like attack indicators, stuff of that nature. And they're kind of doing something that a lot of people are complaining about, which is adding a reset mode to the main campaign. So you can play the campaign. Yeah, because people are kind of pissed that like you only get to play it the once. (laughs) It's arguably the strongest part of the game beyond the combat itself. And you can't like replay it apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. So kind of the main quote here is we've also made the decision to shift our PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S launch to next year to ensure that we give our team the time to deliver a next gen experience, showcasing all that this game is meant to be. Both Kate Bishop and Clint Hawkeye Barton will also be arriving at the game later than expected with the promise (laughs) of more explicit details to come. So, yeah. What's so funny? It's all so funny. It's all so funny well, to me. Yeah. Are you are you at all surprised that that Miss Kate Bishop and, and company got delayed? Um, I, <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. I I think like week one was just like hmm. So there goes their roadmap, right? Like every yeah. problem that they had, how buggy the game was, how we were flinging through levels and shit. Uh, now kudos to them. The last time I played it way solid mm-hmm. like it's like i went into their danger room started fighting around with thor and i was like wow you've really improved this game where enemies aren't fucking rubber banding mm-hmm. i'm not glitching through levels things aren't pausing for no reason now i'm still not unlocking fucking trophies that i should have unlocked long ago i did every harm mm-hmm. challenge you bitches and they're not unlocking i redid them this week too all five still doesn't pop that bitch damn still i think doesn't. you have to file a formal complaint to the official square enix blog i can't get the fucking platinum for this game like, I literally cannot get the platinum for this game. Like, y'all, that really sucks for me. But I am not surprised that they 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 had to prioritize these fixes over new content because who's going to play your new content if it doesn't fucking work? Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me, right? Um, I think it's a big disappointment, and it goes down to, like, I get it. I get it when a game-as-a-service game gets out there into the wild, you you don't you're not quite sure what's going to happen right i sympathize with that you mm-hmm. know because i work with developers and sure. i know that it's just like best laid plans fucking get torn asunder when they're released into the wild into production the problem is they didn't have good plans to begin with and that's very evident in this game very threadbare content uh repetitive bullshit mm-hmm. how many times you want to fight taskmaster because the game lets you do it every fucking day of your life you got no other choice <laughs> it's, it's not him it's a clone of him so Kevin. Uh, oh excuse me excuse me <laughs> i like that they give you like a meta in your head yeah. to be like whoa, whoa, whoa wait i'm not fighting him <laughs> so there's not a lot of reason for players after maxing out your character to continue playing because mm-hmm. the content is not compelling and I think they need to have a big rethink, and I hope they are. I hope they are having a rethink about how do we do this, how do we fix this. But I don't think we're going to get those improvements anytime soon. No, it, it's a bummer, because like, so much about that game was kind of good at launch, but the rest of it was kind of like... like I, I was weary about a lot of it, where it was going to go, how long it was going to take it to get in a, in, a, in a kind of 
acceptable games of service states. I don't know how much of it was impacted by maybe it being pushed out too soon, maybe COVID, maybe they had a, a roadmap planned out, but then, you know, something like Chadwick Boseman's death, like kind of happening, maybe caused them to like kind of scrap some content that they had planned. You know, it's there, there's a possibility that they had so much stuff kind of worked up to and maybe they couldn't do for one reason or another or maybe it's like you think maybe it wasn't there in the first place maybe they really didn't kind of have a plan for it and they're mm. making it up as they go yeah i'd like i have no doubt that they had they had an idea of like here are the the pieces of content that we want to launch uh-huh. but i don't think they realized the reception would be well the shit that you have me doing right now that undoubtedly you're going to make me do when i play as kate bishop or black mm. panther when they release is boring and sucks yeah for as much <laughs> as i was excited to get kate bishop this month or next month whenever it was actually gonna be at that time a lot of it the question in the back of my head was okay but am i going to get substantial content with her or is it going to be one like kind of post campaign mission with her and the rest mm-hmm. is doing the same stuff yep. oh i'm doing my kate bishop harm room challenge oh i'm just fighting taskmaster oh i'm just doing a hive with her you know, yeah, how much I, of it is actually special for her character and her kit? Probably not. It's blatantly obvious that that's yeah. exactly what the intention was. And they're just like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> the gamers aren't into it. They don't want to do the same fucking vault mission again for the 15th time. Uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I respect their their commitment to, you know, continuing on with it. I they mean, have they, to. They kind of have to. They can't abandon this shit a month after release. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, we, we've seen other developers try to do similar things with multiplayer games, but the, the fact that they're listening to a lot of the feedback, trying to give us new content as they can with it, you know, it, it shows their commitment to it. And we'll, we'll see what the game looks like in a year. Hopefully it's a completely different beast. Hopefully it's one that's worth like sitting down with day after day, you know, and yeah. one that isn't like, well, I guess I'm doing the same thing with Captain America this week that I did with Thor last week, you know? Mm hmm. I think I think the the big takeaway for me is that if I have to wait a year post launch for the game to get reasonably good or interesting, why'd you release it now? Mm. Could have saved yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of bad headlines and a lot of hemorrhaging player counts. Yeah. If you just kind of release that vision for it. And I get it. There, there's some responses that you would not have known. You would not have predicted that like gamers would be like, hey, your hive shit's not that interesting or your, mm. your gear system sucks. Like you, you need that feedback. But when it comes to like how, what their content plans were like over time, it's like, oh yeah, it's kind of threadbare, dude. Mm-hmm. They really, really, it's so obvious that they thought that they could get away with like, well, we have this big campaign. The gamers will, will, will work on that for the first month. And then like, we'll start kind of drip feeding the rest and gamers bled through the fucking for the first campaign month, for like, it was like an a eight day. to 10 hour campaign. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, nah, dude, that and then you don't even give us the enough. chance to replay it. So yeah. like, what was the hope that we were going to stick with it long term? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, again, I, I think a lot of it maybe just comes from maybe crystal dynamics inexperience with making game a service. Maybe square Enix just kind of having pushed it out sooner than it was ready and they're just kind of scrambling to make it work as they go along with it. Uh, I don't know. I do want answers to those questions. Uh, the, the the behind the scenes. Yeah. I want that Jason Schreier article of what the fuck happened? Because mm-hmm. you guys got so dangerously... You are still dangerously close to an Anthem story here. Mm. Like, you are almost Anthem right now. I guess. They're fucking close, dude. They're, I'm not saying is... But they're goddamn close. Look at what happened on PC. Uh-huh. You have less than a thousand concurrent players a day. That's not enough to support any of your plans long term mm. at all. And they know that. Anthem had the same situation. I just feel like the the critical and public response is way different for Anthem. 
yeah. where it's like there was just general disappointment across the board with that oh one. viciously viciously whereas like this game a lot of people kind of had an idea of what it was going to be when it came out and we were more or less like okay yeah this is what i expected and, and a good campaign with a good story actually made people more forgiving for what the game yeah. is as a product yeah yeah of course yeah. it's a better story but i still think that comparison's not unfair it's completely fair we're just like dudes you launched this in a state that wasn't ready it's just it's crazy to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick comparison here because it's like okay, this game was kind of set to be a, a a dual mind of like single player, multiplayer, long term game of service, yep. and then you have a game like Ghost of Tsushima, which fucking dropped like a multiplayer mode out of nowhere, and it has a dearth of content to it, a dearth of replay right. value to it, and like there's so much to kind of sink into there. It just kind of takes a lot of the assets that were already in the game and it feels so smooth and well polished and well rendered and everything. And then you just kind of look by comparison to Avengers and it's just like, yeah, this looks like a tire fire in, in comparison, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no. And I think that's a fair point where it's like a mode that honestly, uh, and it goes to Shima Legends I'm talking about, a mode that honestly is feels, for lack of a better term, tacked on to the yeah. rest of the game is substantially better than another game, Avengers, where the entire idea was that is the game. Mm-hmm. The multiplayer content is the game, mm-hmm. and it's worse. <laughs> that yeah, that's egregious. Yeah. I think that's totally egregious. They need to figure something out. <sighs> they need to figure out a lot they of do. shit. And I'm not surprised that they're going to be like, we don't want to, we don't want to pin a date on any single piece mm-hmm. of content because we're just going to disappoint you because that shit's going to slip and slip and slip and slip and slip. <laughs> so. We'll, we'll see what happens. Think. We're yeah. in for the ride. We're in for the ride. We, I mean, we both have the game. We, yeah, we definitely are <laughs> in for the ride. I mean, they've added some stuff to it. You said they added like a third base for like kind of picking up like faction missions and for stuff. For no fucking reason <laughs> on this earth. Why do I have three hubs? Why? They can't even defend why there's three hubs. Makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> Why? Why? What's the point? And they put in these little terminals where you can pick up all your faction missions no matter which hub that you're in. Further making it useless that there's three hubs. Why is there three hubs? What the fuck happened there? Who agreed to that? <laughs> it's not even It's not even one of those hubs where it's like, oh, by the way, it's like a Destiny, so all the players that are in the game are going to be walking around the hub. No. Only people in your party. So <laughs> yeah, what the exactly. fuck is the point of this shit? There's, it's senseless. They're, they're doing these things where they're just taking bits and pieces of the formula of games as a service and not understanding what makes them work in these other games to begin with. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. It's like, y'all, you need to fucking have like a, a No Man's Sky revisited or whatever, uh, a Realm Reborn for this fucking game because none of what you're doing makes sense. It almost feels like it's being developed by like five different teams across the globe Probably don't talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it feels. But come on, we gotta move on. We gotta move. We on. do. All right, I've got a item for you, my friend. Oh. It's the official number one because I wrote it. But I'll, what, what are we on right now? Three. Yeah. Is it three? Are we on number three? Okay, we'll call it number three. Number three on here. <laughs> the former informer says the Silent Hill reboot rumors hold some weight. <gasps> I almost did the X Files for a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> On an episode of Kinda Funny Games Daily, former Game Informer alum Imran Khan says we may actually get to return the Silent Hill. Khan said, quote, I think the rumors are credible, and I know that the people who are rumored to be involved in Silent Hill are working on something, end quote. Hmm. Yeah, that's 
we know that. <laughs> the last round of rumors suggested that Sony was spearheading a Silent Hill reboot for PlayStation 5, with the original game's writer and director, Kichiro Toyama, returning. The title is said to be in development at SIE Japan Studio, with series composer Akira Yamamoka back to supply some spooky jams. This left fans expectantly waiting for a reveal during one of Sony's online showcases in 2020, but that has not materialized. Imran thinks either people are being fooled about an announcement, or it just keeps on getting pushed. Now, for reference, the last mainline game in the series, Silent Hill Downpour, released eight years ago in 2012. Wow, my friend. It's been a little while. This series has been on ice. It's been a while. Since I've known you. Yeah, this is one of those things where I... I oh, man. I would have loved to see an announcement of a new Silent Hill. I feel like we're, we're in a prime spot for it, mm -hmm. especially after the, the kerfuffle that was Silent Hill's getting announced and then promptly canceled mm -hmm. right wasn't it canceled like two years after or was it sooner than that i thought it was sooner than that yeah like they like immediately were just like nah like kojima left uh konami mm -hmm. uh, to form his own studio and then it was just like all right fuck it it's dead kill it shoot in the face it's done <laughs> right they took norman reedus we can't fund this anymore <laughs> he was bankrolling it yeah he was gonna be the, th the thing that sold it not he's, not kojima yeah he's using that daryl dixon money to, to fund this project let me tell you i got spooks and scares <laughs> <laughs> um i i do like that um original creators from team silent back in the day are on this project mm -hmm. uh and a reboot i think is exactly what we need something that calls back to the original but doesn't exactly follow the um storyline yeah. of the original game so awesome 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 but where is it <laughs> you know i feel like the big reason for why it's missed out on most of its showcases if it indeed exists mm -hmm. i should say is because it's just really early in development yeah like, you don't want to show off something that could potentially slip. And I'm sure, I've said this before, Konami is very, very cognizant of what went down with Silent Hills and doesn't want to announce anything until it's literally something you can touch and see. And yeah. they're pretty reasonably conf confident that it's coming out. Yeah, so, they already had that problem once. Yes, they did. <laughs> and they have not lived it down ever. So, so that'd be a big reason for yeah, it. Yeah, especially because they're not really in the the skin of making games anymore so if like you're gonna do it do it right when you have something to announce and show yeah. show something substantial mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and then it it is interesting and like sony kind of uh driving this one mm -hmm. as well um because again it silent hill while it started on playstation it is kind of a multi-platform title yeah. right konami has never really said like we're stuck on one platform versus another um but it sounds like konami is just kind of like um the rights holder in this situation they're mm. not really driving any development or anything which is probably the perfect position for them to be in because like they don't seem like they're interested in spending billions of dollars to make a game like go out the door and mm. market it and stuff so it's probably some back-end deal with sony which is all the better for the game itself yeah i mean i think sia is kind of like the perfect kind of studio house to to make it happen what what that looks like who knows yeah, what is what does Silent Hill look like in um twenty well twenty twenty two I yeah. guess would be my first guess. Like what 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 does it look like, especially post uh, Capcom's remakes of Resident Evil yeah, or post like Resident Evil Seven? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, that's a good question. Is this game going to be first person or not? I'm actually going to throw a guess and say probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, if the original members of Team Silent are working on it, mm -hmm. they've always played in the third person domain and i honestly think that silent hill might be more served in third person mm -hmm. i know that's an egregious statement for people to think that pt is the greatest horror game of all time 
which sidebar it's not even a game no it's not a game it's not a game it's a hallway demo demo. get over it guys yeah (laughs) yeah we really need to move past this fucking demo dude well i I guess to say like first person is is it going to be more something in the vein of like you know like outlast or yeah you know alien isolation do they kind of take that sort of first person hide and seek horror and run with that for with with silent hill whatever this is going to be or do they try and do something yeah like built off the back of what they did years ago but modernize it you know because like i don't know as as scary as like silent hill 2 was the controls kind of sucked they did suck so like it's combat was awful there's there's a lot of modernization you need to do in terms of like you know play feel combat making me feel like i'm enjoying playing the game even though i'm scared because like i didn't have fun playing it for the most part (laughs) i had fun exploring and kind of unraveling the mystery of it but Mm -hmm. like I didn't enjoy holding the controller through any of it. I could have watched no. it passively and been just the same, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. Silent Hill 2 feels like a game that's far more enjoyable to watch yeah. than it is to play yourself. I think that's the, the, the gap that they need to bridge to make Silent Hill a big thing again, mm-hmm. where it's like, yo, let people play it and let it be actual, like, yeah, it's a scary experience, but mm-hmm. let it still be fun. Mm-hmm. Or if not fun, in lieu of fun, playable, yeah. <laughs> right? I one idea I would pitch is like don't do guns, mm-hmm. do where it's completely melee in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're essentially using escape items or pipes to like fend yourself. That'd be cool in some form or fashion. And maybe if you do have weapons, have them be really unruly to use. Like mm-hmm. don't like I don't want to be a marksman in the, in the game. I don't want to be like a fucking soldier. Yeah, I want it to be where it's like I only got like three shots, and this is like my emergency ripcord weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, if I get stuck into a big situation, that that would be the way that I would play it. Right, mm-hmm. honestly. My advice is do not mimic the gameplay of Remake, or I should say Resident Evil Remake 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not that's not Silent Hill's place to be that, right? It's it's its place to be a bit a little more cerebral than that. Yeah, I, I was thinking in terms of like combat, like more do like very like gritty survival horror in that like that Last of Us feel where it's like maybe just kind of whatever items you can find of scra- like scrounge in the environment used to your advantage. Yeah, uh, yeah. and then yeah. Don't do grounded horror because that's not what Silent Hill ever has really been. Do like very heady, cerebral, like in your head sort of horror. I, I would like to see them. This will probably never happen, but I would love to see them never say never. recruit. What's her name? Akami Nakamura hmm. for this. Because like, I don't know. I think she's got an interesting kind of beat with like horror and you with know evil now, within and all that yeah now yeah. that she's no longer part of like ghostwire <clears throat> tokyo like you know get her for this because i think she could breathe some interesting life into a, a project like that but eh, yeah knows? it's another thing i don't want any old fogies on a new silent hill yeah i feel like we there's been a lot of learnings and a lot of uh, developers have you know up and come and been inspired by these titles get them working on that mm-hmm. one big thing i remember about the development of resident evil 2 is that uh, they took a look and they were like, well, a lot of people that are involved grew up playing the game and mm-hmm. they brought all that love into the game when they made it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, that seems like the right thing to do for Silent Hill. Get a lot of people that grew up playing those and getting scared shitless and thinking, how do we scare people for a new generation? Mm-hmm. I would love to see a big triumphant return for the series because it's just too good of a di- an idea to let die, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Silent Hill is very influential even in film, I see movies that are just like, this is very Silent Hill, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, oh yeah, because it is. <laughs> so yeah. Number four? Number four. Okay. Number four on here. Kojima Productions is working on a new game. Whoa. That's it. That's the tweet. Wow. <laughs> that's all, who, they, that's who all knew they said. A game developer would be working on another game. What? That's crazy. Actually, Daniel, the full tweet the studio posted on October 22nd read this, quote, 
Kojima, sorry, hashtag Kojima Productions confirms a new project is in development and is looking to hire the best-in-class talent to work out of our Tokyo studio. Uh, now work from home? That's fucked up, bro. <laughs> For more information on the openings and requirements, please visit our website at uh, http <laughs> kojimaproductions.jp slash en slash hashtag careers. Wow. Yeah, that was a public service announcement for anybody that would love to work on Death Stranding yeah, too. Just, just click on the, the hyperlink <laughs> in the episode description. Yeah, just go ahead and do that. Uh, whether it's a new IP or a sequel to 2019's delivery simulator, Death Stranding is anyone's guess. But Kojima-san did hint last year that he was binging horror movies to awaken his, quote, horror soul, end Ooh. quote. He then revealed that he rented the 2002 Thai film, The Eye, but was frightened by the cover art. So had to rent the disc only. I really needed to highlight that. that he was like, oh, the cover art's too scary. I like the thought of like the things that might scare Kojima and that being one of them. Cover the, art. The cover art was like a lot, apparently. <laughs> I would like to remind you, by the way, that this is the man that made PT. The playable teaser that exists as the only public facing remnant of Silent Hills. Again, yeah, not a game. Not a game. Yeah. I, I called it a remnant. <laughs> it's a playable teaser. It's not a game. Yeah. And I don't even think it was a good indication of what the full game was going to be mm-hmm. at all. But um, I know you're a big Kojima fan. MGS2 is your favorite game of all time. Yeah. Uh, what do you want him to work on next, dude? Uh, whatever he wants to work on. Wow. Because he's one of those creators where if... He's inspired or has a vision. You're better off just letting him do his own thing because I think the end product is always going to be really fascinating for him. Hmm. The the fact that like <laughs> for him, yeah, I, I think like with, what about fans? With well, for fans as well, with Death Stranding, like where like Sony was just like, yeah, we're gonna let you kind of, we're gonna fund this, we're gonna let you do whatever you want, have fun, and then he made Death Stranding. Right. Which is such a weird game, unlike anything many of us have played. It plays both in familiar genres and is kind of its own new thing. Very experimental. So like a stranding game. Let him do more stuff like that because he's very he's innovative. You know, I don't I don't want to see him do the same stuff. It's yeah. and I, I guess his kind of his track record with Konami and and doing. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. And doing Metal Gear Solid, I feel like a lot of that probably got stifling for him after a while, having to do kind of the same iterations or kind of, you know, just having to do the same series over and over again and like, okay, how do I make it different? Now he's boundless. You can do whatever he wants. A boundless boy. So I I would like to just see him create a cool horror game, maybe. Maybe a horror game. Maybe you can do a horror game. I'm always a little suspicious when a creator says like, oh, I'm actually like scared of horror, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to make one. Yeah. And I'm like, is that a good or a bad thing? Because like on the one end, it's like, well, somebody who is actively afraid of things might just be able to easily distill that. Whereas somebody who is Mm -hmm. not, is just like, ah, God, I'm just taking a guess at what scares people at this point because I'm not very scared by certain concepts. It's going to be very like over the top, very lynchy and very like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like cacophonous and in your face, like punctured eyeballs like oh my god very loud sounds bright colors just for the sake of like you know being in your face maybe <laughs> who who knows i i i'm actually I, i'm aligned with you on this idea of just like let him do whatever the fuck he wants mm-hmm. let him loose man yeah. he's like what 55 or something like that yeah. 
let him do his crazy Twilight Years video game development. Man, he's exactly. he's he's in his Scorsese era. Just fucking <laughs> let the guy go off and see what happens. Like nobody's making games like Kojima. Nobody's ever made games like Kojima. So it's yeah. like let him. Kojima do his makes thing. Kojima games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you think on this one, this is going to be the one that he gets like Norman Reedus back for? I think he really enjoys working with Hollywood actors because he actually wants to direct movies and not make games. Mm-hmm. I think that's always been at his core, where he just wants to really direct a movie. And, like, nobody's giving him a fucking camera. And I'm like, why not? Just go ahead. Yeah. Let him direct something. I'd be into that. Yeah, I'd be into it, too. Like, what, what could he do? <laughs> right? I mean, Death Stranding was basically like, you know, here's Kojima's happy celebrity hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's going to be a mainstay for his games going forward. You're going to see Norman Reedus in some capacity, and then his director friends will show up yeah. in odd cameos with slightly pivotal characters yeah. for some reason. More Conan O'Brien in otter hats. Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Kojima and his Hollywood friends. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. What do you want to see him make, though? As somebody who's enjoyed his catalog far more than I have. Yeah, that that's a that's a fun statement there because I played all of the Metal Gear Solid games, but I'm not exactly somebody that I would say like I love Metal Gear Solid games. I I don't. I think their stories are convoluted to bad. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, um, and there's no in between with that. And some people think it's brilliant, and I'm like that, that that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it works for you. Um, but Death Stranding is probably my favorite game of his. Because it isn't linked to this fucking pseudo, pseudo military sci-fi story mm-hmm. or pseudo sci-fi military espionage bullshit. Yeah, that pseudo something. Yeah, the the a, a Japanese condemnation of American politics. What a weird distillate. Like what? What? How is that a selling point? Anyway, <laughs> um, so I was happy to see him do something that was completely like left field out of that. Mm-hmm. I want more of that from him. So honestly, I would love him to do a. Not- do a new, a new IP completely. Mm-hmm. Like, do something where it's like, oh, what? You know, like, what? what is Kojima's take on, like, a fucking racing game or something? Like, see what happens. And it, it'll be this fucking crazy thing about racing to our id to find our former selves oh or, or something like that. <laughs> you know, go nuts, man. Yeah, just let him do whatever the fuck he wants. If he wants to do horror, that's cool. I don't know what that looks like mm-hmm. for him. Is it more scripted or is it, like, this big evergreen experience? Who knows? Just let the man go wild. Let him go wild. And I'll buy it. Like, yeah, I'll buy it, man. <laughs> Unless you tell me it's like MLB the show. <laughs> like, yeah. Then I won't buy I, it. I would buy it whether it was like AAA or AA or whatever the, the case may be. Because it's like, it's bound to be an interesting time and, and worth experiencing. Always. Um, and on my previous point, if you don't get Akami Nakamura for Silent Hill, whatever Nailed that's going to be, get it for this one. Get, get, it for for, the, get, get it for the get it for the Hideo Kojima. I just want to give her a job. I huh? want to get her somebody employ her. <laughs> somebody give her a job. God damn it! Stop employing these men. <laughs> Number five. Yeah. Number five on here. <laughs> you put such an emphasis on numbers that you're shackled by them. Yes. It's called order, sir. Wow. All right. There's some people that thrive in chaos. Some people strive for order. I believe in chaos getting you to order. Feeling very profound. Death Stranding. (laughs) Number five. AOC's Twitch stream debut is one of the biggest in history, Daniel. 
history. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez took to her channel last Tuesday to do two things. Encourage viewers to vote and to kick ass in Among Us. Peaking at 435,000 viewers, the Congresswoman's broadcast was one of the most watched single streams on Twitch, putting her in the same bracket as fellow congressional heroes Ninja and, I don't know, you could make up a fucking username and I believe it. I, I don't know streamers. Lupo? Fucking, um... Upside Downs, uh, Headshots, Dr. Dip, whatever, You're whatever. Close. They're, whatever. Anyway. Just keep naming names. You'll get it. F- fucking um, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> AOC is not the first political figure to use Twitch to reach a new audience. Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump have broadcasted their rallies on Twitch in the past. But AOC leaned into the most important part of Twitch's platform. The interaction. Hmm. Instead of using her channel as a means to broadcast pre-recorded content, she engaged with chat by answering questions and kept the entertainment factor up by inviting a rogues gallery of famous streamers. We had Pokimane, Hassan Abi, Disguised Toast, really, uh, Dr. Lupo, and H-Bomber Guy. Big fan of H-Bomber Guy, by the way. Um, and these were some of the famous voices playing Among Us with her. She even brought some political backup to the show with Minnesota's 5th Congressional District Representative, uh, Ilan Omar. Hmm. The proceedings were fun, laid back, and lacked preachiness. AOC commands a down-to-earth appeal few of her peers have. For a large demographic of younger voters, AOC doesn't talk down to them. She speaks for them. Okay? (laughs) This is why she is a contender. This is why she is noticed. And this is why she's hated by her older peers. Happened, Happened to see during a fucking presidential debate, by the way, the last one of 2020... Fucking Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Coming at her. Yup. Firing shots at AOC. Why? You're not running against her, you idiot. (laughs) You're running against Biden. He just lashes at anyone he has a problem Mm. with. And that's his whole shtick. That's his policy. Shit talking. That's not a plan. And that's not a leader. I'll let you guys know that right now. (laughs) Okay? Now, speaking of this, there's a little dark side to this event. I'm very sorry, Daniel. The two-year-old Among Us was suddenly thrust into the spotlight by the streaming community in July. The multiplayer title, where figuring out who on your team is a murderous imposter, was developed by Innersloth, an indie developer out of Redmond, Washington. They're near us! Unfortunately, after the bolstered attention from AOC's stream, Among Us was hacked, and now in-game chats are filled with spam promoting an Eris Loris on YouTube and encouraging players to vote for Trump. Nick Stat wrote on The Verge, quote, The end goal, it appears, is to promote the Eris Loris YouTube channel, which advertises hacks and other game-cheating services. The spam attack may have hit as many as 1.5 million games, affecting close to 5 million players if the hacker's claims are to be believed, end quote. Yeah, this uh, Eris Loris fuck uh, had an um, interview with Eurogamer and admitted they're pro-Trump and why they're doing this and da 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 and it was just like, okay, cool... <laughs> Anyway, Innersloth has responded to the spam attack and has said they are working on strengthening their security. In the meantime, they strongly advise players to host private chats in the game. <sighs> you know, we can't have a good thing without a bad thing. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. Yin and yang, man. Yin and yang there. Um, let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. AOC out there. Uh, a lot of what I wrote is exactly how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I think she she very much, she doesn't talk down to her constituents. She mm-hmm. speaks for them because she was them, mm-hmm. right? She did not come from a, a world of privilege, mm-hmm. right? Worked and, for everything she had. Is very grassroots in her approach. Right, and her opponents... Um, <laughs> Her opponents look like 
fucking villains by trying to diminish her stature by pointing out that she was a bartender or saying mm-hmm. things like the bartender said this and it's just like there's a lot of working class Americans your voter base yeah. aren't a bunch of fucking golf club members you idiot no but it's not you know uh, uncommon for the the right to attack the common American people mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yeah how much money they make and all that shit yeah yeah, yeah I know um, I, no, this isn't the first time that she's actually been on Twitch. This is the first time she's on her own channel thing. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she streamed with H bomber guy when he did a charity stream mm-hmm. for trans rights playing donkey Kong country. Nope. Sorry. Donkey Kong 64. Get it right. Got to get important. it right. Got to put that respect on her DK 64, which is funny. Like she showed up and it was like a big moment then, but this, this is obviously way bigger. Uh, a lot of people viewed a lot of a lot of it was it was good it was fun watching mm-hmm. it was like pretty fun it was like she's very chill and she she lets her hair down mm-hmm. and she's not afraid to let her hair down like in front of people rather than be like i need to be politically correct mm-hmm. the whole time no she's a person and that's kind of what i want mm-hmm. out of my politicians knowing that they are people <laughs> like me that yeah. care about my problems as well. It, it is one of those things where, like, I know we're not supposed to, like, a, as the kids say, <clears throat> stan politicians, but, like, <clears throat> I am all about it. Like, I, I love the way she puts herself out there. Like, I just, I think she's really, really down to earth and awesome with a lot of her approach. It's the duality of it where it's like you see her like kind of you know in congress taking down people like mark zuckerberg tearing them apart like kind of word by word being kind of like a a courtroom viper because like she knows her shit and she's not willing to back down in the face of stuff that she knows is wrong and then on the flip side to see her like you know on uh twitter talking about how she like is really into animal crossing or really wants to like start streaming and all this stuff and to see like kind of the reaction to it be kind of i mean mostly positive on our side i don't know how it's looking on conservative twitter i'm sure people are like kind of tearing her i think they hate her right for it she's the bartender too and yeah i i I know a lot of people are going to spin it in in so many ways because they've already you know tried to like oh she streamed with hassan who like kind of said some like you know 9-11 anti-american sentiment like we deserve 9-11 and all this stuff you know people are going to find ways to spin it where they make her look diminished or look less of a politician than she is but the thing is like she's the real deal she's just a real person and enjoys like video games and and fun things like we do and it it's cool to see her use twitch in a way that is i don't know informative has is for a good cause getting the vote out there is really really important like kind of spreading that that kind of uh voter awareness and and kind of pushing people to kind of just get up and do it because like voter apathy is such a fucking thing mm-hmm. although i don't think it's going to be that big of a, a deal this election i feel like a lot of people are very like roused to kind of get out there and, and go and vote and make a change but i i just see her using her position and, and platform in very responsible ways and, and it's admirable um and that whole stream was i didn't watch all of it i watched kind of bits and pieces of it but it was fun it was fun mm-hmm. to see her like put this whole thing together in like less than 24 hours her team came together made like a really professional like you know twitch setup with really cool overlays and equipment and all this and like for her to only have played it the night before she's like i don't really know this game but i want to have fun and i want to just you know engage with my my uh i don't know to call them fans but like you know voters and, and the american people and just kind of you know have fun in the, in the moment it was it was cool to watch it was cool to watch people like interact with her in ways where it's like i'm trying to like interact with you like a person but you're also a congresswoman so do i have to address you with respect or and they're like no you can she's like you can call me aoc don't worry mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just we're just here to have a good time and it, right. it was fun right um what one of my favorite quotes of the night from her is uh the thing i love most about video games is the lore <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, nice 
So yeah, I don't know. It was cool. It was cool to see her like just learn the game, lie, get, like not want to be the imposter, and then entirely lose her shit when she became the yeah. imposter, and then kill people like Pokemon and MMX Tune and all these people. So it, it's cool. I don't know how often we're gonna get stuff like this. Like I think after a while, mm-hmm. if like we see her leisurely streaming on Twitch more and more, I, I think there's gonna be some like boundaries that kind of blur. Which, you know, maybe shouldn't for politicians, but mm-hmm. it is cool to see her do something like this. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if if like if and when she's gonna continue using this and what is gonna be the well, what's gonna be the future, right? Are we gonna see other politicians try to jump in this game? Mm. How can this get dark, essentially? Mm. Is is like in the back of my head. Well, How like are we gonna see like, you know, the right try to take over this kind of mm. uh, on, on the same platform, you know, and drum up their own shit and be like we're gonna play call of duty and like totally miss the point where it's like maybe you shouldn't be committing war crimes as a politician on twitch yeah and i think up to this point a lot of what we've seen is like i guess rebroadcast of like political campaigns and stuff like this This feels like a very unique slant for a politician to kind of lean into on on twitch leaning into the actual currency of the platform instead of treating it as like another youtube or another facebook page yeah yeah i worried that it was gonna get a little dangerous right because like i don't know you, you you run into twitch streamers who you know they they use their gamer slurs or their gamer words their gamer words and they say something kind of fucked up and like i would hate to see her kind of like you know fall into like you know bad critical light because like somebody she was streaming with just said something wrong in the moment you yeah know? but okay. i think her team did a good job at vetting the right people for this right like one of the bigger concerns like twitch got involved by the way uh-huh. um fun fact for you you are as a user you're not allowed to have a three letter username mm-hmm. for your twitch handle they gave it to aoc oh wow mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. fun fact but um <laughs> there goes mine piss with one less s <laughs> but uh yeah. so what one concern is that a political figure uh you don't want to misconstrue like you know moderating a chat as censorship mm-hmm. so there, oh, like if you jump into the chat there is definitely like trump 2020 posts left and right but for most part there wasn't major toxicity so the mod- moderators are really like following some sort of laser point mm-hmm. like um kind of guideline for how to treat the chat and stuff yeah. i i think i remember when i walked in there was only like a few things that got deleted but it was like i think i i couldn't even see it like i looked up it was, and it was going like, so fast oh my god <laughs> it was like lightning it was like impossible to Th- read there was no point when i was watching where there were less than two hundred thousand people in the chat yeah <laughs> like it was yeah. insane to pretty see. crazy pretty crazy but i i would love to see her do more of this but also like I, I don't expect her to go full-time streamer. No, not at all. Or you're not going to get, like, you know, weeklies out of her mm-hmm. playing, like, Apex Legends or whatever. Like, I I think it's going to be around big events or to mm-hmm. drum up something like, hey, why not vote in this election? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Which I think is, um, it's a smart use of, like, how do you campaign in the future and stuff like that. That, that this is it, right? Or how do you reach out to people who might not be as passionate about voting or politics, you know? Right. Meet them in the middle, meet, meet them on a ground where it's like, this is something that a lot of people engage with Mm -hmm. uh and maybe i don't know maybe like they're ill-informed or they don't have like the right mindset to like vote for the right sort of people and like maybe this kind of makes them lean towards you know what i will look up like you know amendments on the next ballot or or whatever the case may be and and maybe i will educate myself a little more you know because of things like this right right i i think my my push is that things like this don't become like big events Mm -hmm. it should be normalized that 
our politicians are people and they are going to use social media as mm. if a normal user may do. Of course, they're going to have extra protections and whatnot. Like, mm. for instance, Twitter has bolstered security on Congress people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they even have like little tags in their names to let them know like this is a representative, yeah. a U.S. representative. But um, I... The problem is, I think for the last 10 years, let's say, let's actually, let's, let's narrow this down. Mm-hmm. For the last five years, the media has always treated social media and internet culture as this kind of like on the fringe abstract thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not. We're all engaged. We're all patched in. You know how big of an audience Twitch has. It's millions, mm-hmm. hundred, look, a hundred million people on Twitch, right? And the problem of treating it like, oh, well, have you seen this? This is crazy. This thing that's happening on the left is that it invites this kind of ecosystem for people to, well, the wrong kind of people to start flipping heads. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why do you think gamer culture is so earmarked with alt-right sentiment and racist posts and slurs, gamer words? You know when you hear that, oh, gamers are racist and nobody goes, that's not true. No, they laugh because... <laughs> Partly, yeah, they've experienced racism or slurs in mm-hmm. in-game chat because mainstream media and the rest just ignores this shit. Mm-hmm. Ignores it because it doesn't. They don't think it's a thing. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. It's not. That's not real. It is. It's especially with COVID, especially with the pandemic, where we all have to interact online instead of going to our third places like a restaurant or a bar. Uh-huh. You need to start paying attention and start paying that respect where it's at, man. And that information needs to get out there. So mm-hmm. I think it's majorly important for even our politicians to be able to harness the power of the internet mm-hmm. and get the information out there rather than seceding it to dangerous mentalities. Simple as that. Yeah. I don't know. We see it used in both ways. We see the way that you know people like Trump use Twitter. In a very vicious, volatile way. Retweeting conspiracy theories and my favorite, a guy screaming white power and not seeing anything wrong with that. Yeah. So you definitely have like a flip side of it where it's like you see people using it in wrong, irresponsible ways, especially when you're the president of the United States. And then you see, you know, congresswomen using Twitch, you know, to promote voting or, uh, Joe Biden's campaign doing a similar thing with Animal Crossing, where it's like, hey, we made a Joe Biden island. We made an island. Yeah, that Greg Miller and uh, Gary Witter got to tour and just kind of check out. And again, it's 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 all in kind of the vein of responsibility and just kind of getting voter awareness out there and getting people kind of enthusiastic about it. And I think that stuff is cool. So Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't need anybody to get enthusiastic about it. I think they, they just need to understand the fucking importance of it. Yeah. And I think this year is a... Oh, man, a history book example of the importance of getting politically motivated. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Is it bad, though, that I want to, like, retweet every, like, AOC thing that I see now? Like, I'm just, uh, I'm a stan. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't. Okay. No, you can't. We have a responsibility She's so to cool. Be... No, we... She's cool. We are unbiased in the save room. Okay? Unbiased. Okay. No, I'm kidding. If you support Trump, you can fuck yourself. Get out of here. This is not for you. Yeah, this is, this is not a content. And I'm not saying don't be a Republican. That's whatever. I won't even say that's fine. <laughs> I'll just be like, okay. But supporting Trump is like, he is one of the biggest threats this country has ever seen. And to think anything otherwise is being willfully ignorant or, well, outright gaslighting people trying to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, fuck off with that shit. <laughs> he's been waiting days to say this who me yeah why i, I feel like it's just i say it every day bottled up in you you see my fucking twitter <laughs> <It's true. laughs> what i say it every day dude fuck that
All right, I got a last item for you, Holy my shit. friends. Here we are. Here comes number six. He's got the song back in him. Let's end with games. A Stadia developer thinks stream. What? A Stadia developer thinks streamers should pay publishers and developers to stream their games, forcing Google to say, "Oh no." <laughs> What's Stadia? What? Stadia. Oh, I think I meant Stadium. Oh, that, that's that's right. Or possibly Stadia Arcadia. They hit Red there we Hot go. Chili Peppers Good album. album. Good out, Danny <laughs> California. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That was a double album, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the tweeter's name is Alex Hutchinson, and he's a creative director at Typhoon Studios, which was acquired by Google to develop Stadia games. There was a lot of misinformation online. Thank you, Dr. Disrespect, for saying that he's a Google Stadia creative director. Incorrect mustache. <laughs> anyway... Uh, the two tweets in question are as follows exhibit a quote streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well it's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it end quote for exhibit a there is more exhibit b quote the real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. End quote on Exhibit B. Wow, that's a bad one. Oh, well, the real truth is that the second tweet, Exhibit B, (laughs) was ratioed into the core of the earth and is burning beneath the mantle. (laughs) Influencers, games media, developers, and fans came together as one voice to tell Alex that, no sir, this is in fact not it, chief. Mr. Hutchinson followed up by stating, quote, Amazing to me that people are upset at someone saying that the creators of content should be allowed to make some of the money from other people using their content for profit. End quote. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier had one of the more poignant responses to the sentiment, replying, quote, I don't know. Maybe you're getting flack because you're picking this particular battle in a world where C-suite executives make $30 million a year and devs don't get royalties, so they'd never see any of that streaming money in the first place. End quote. Honestly, that shuts down the entire sentiment. Like, right there. <laughs> like, what, what is this profit-sharing idea that you think that studios commit to? That's, that, that's not mandated across the board, and in most instances, does not happen. Mm-hmm. That does not happen. I love that argument. Ooh, think about the devs. They're, they're not getting paid. Any extra? Mm-mm. Are you joking? <laughs> anyway, the tweet was so bad, and more importantly, so broadly shared across the internet gaming community, that Google had to release a prompt statement that said, quote, the recent tweets by Alex Hutchinson, creative director at the Montreal studio of Stadia Games and Entertainment, do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. <laughs> wow. What do you think of that, dude? What's your, th- what's your beat on that? Mr. Hutchinson, man, these are some, some takes here. Streaming a game is not like, you know, streaming music that you didn't pay for or anything like that. Sure. And a lot of the cases, I, I know people do get freak like keys and copies of games, but in a lot of cases, people buy buy them themselves, you know. And what what we're doing on Twitch isn't, I don't think we're, it's not pirating. You're not doing something cynically illegal. We're literally just 
using a platform to stream a video game onto which you know viewers can decide to watch and maybe make informed purchases in a lot of ways it's used kind of like as a, a marketing tool so yeah i i don't get this this argument that it's it's the same as like copyrighted music or or movies or or any other licensed material it's it's vastly different i'm a streamer <laughs> i'm not a big streamer but i am a streamer nonetheless mr mr hutchinson and i got to tell you um i have never streamed a video game that i didn't pay for at retail mm-hmm. or through a subscription mm-hmm. ever i've never streamed a game i didn't pay for mm-hmm. by the way but I get it. I get what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Trying to say that, well, if you're making any kind of profit off of content, well, mm-hmm. shouldn't the content creators get a cut of that profit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like that pre-owned argument. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, developers and publishers hate GameStop because they don't see any profit margin off of pre-owned games whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's out of their hands at that point. And I get it. Developers hate that shit. Actually, I wouldn't even say developers. I say publishers hate that concept more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's different. I think you hit it too. I would say it's not like streaming a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, streaming a movie is the entire content of the movie. There, yeah. there is nothing else there. But a game isn't a movie. A mm-hmm. game is a game. It's interactive. Yeah, it's a very, like, interactive, subjective experience. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, let me, let me think about this way. Marketing budgets at publishers are not unsubstantial, mm-hmm. right? They cost a lot of money to market these fucking games. In fact, it's considered part of the budget of a game yes. to be able to get the word out there that our new fucking video game is out there. Our new Call of Duty is happening. We have Drake in a commercial. Mm-hmm. That costs money. You know what doesn't cost you money? Having a big fucking streamer with a passion audience play your game for a night or two. <sighs> Get the word out. Yeah. And there's metrics out there to prove that people that watch these games are much more likely to get games. Daniel, let me ask you a fucking question. Yes. Go for it. Have you ever purchased a game after hearing about it from an influencer? And uh, keep in mind, you watch, like, Kind of Funny. I watch a lot and, of Kind of Funny content, yes. And stuff like that. So tell me, have you ever done that? Yeah. Yes, I have. Uh, I would say a lot, oh. of, a lot of my buying purchases day one are informed by influencers. Where, oh my god. There's often a game that I might wait for uh maybe enthusiasm from people that i know align similarly to my gaming habits oh my speak God. highly of a thing and i'm like oh i gotta pick that up day one yeah or maybe it swings the other way with it where it's like maybe they kind of say somebody like streamed avengers and they're like okay yeah this game is great in a lot of ways but it's not where it needs to be maybe wait on it i would use that to make an informed decision to wait you know? daniel let me ask so. you another question while i have you on the seat oh here. thank you yes i'm too kind. Thank you for being here. You are very kind. Um, happy pumpkins, by the way. Um, if you were a business, uh-huh. let's let's get real narrow on this one. If you were a video game business, mm-hmm. if you made a new video game, okay. fucking Daniel's Uppercut, all right? Okay. Daniel's Uppercut beat 64. Up. Beat him up, for yeah. sure. Daniel's going around uppercutting people in Starbucks. Very good. Um, and We can't use the word Starbucks, though, because that's copyright infringement. S-Bucks. And... You have put your blood, sweat, and pixels into this title. That's copyrighted by Jason Schreier, sorry. And <laughs> you're you're selling it, but you're like, you're a small team, and you, you need to get that reach as much as possible. If somebody walked along and said, well, hey, Daniel, mm-hmm. would you say no to free marketing? Mm-hmm. What would your response be? I'd say hell no. Oh, my God. That's why in so many of these cases, these smaller developers do give out game codes and keys ahead of time. Oh, my God. To get buzz out there. It, it happened a lot, like, like I spoke of, of of the great, heartfelt, sweet game, 
Spirit Fair by Thunder Lotus. That is a lesser known like Canadian studio, and and a lot of how they get their their name and product out there is by letting people use it on their streams for free marketing, basically. Yeah, it's it's kind of a no brainer. I, I would let people do it, Kevin, for sure. Hi, uh, we got uh, Kevin Pape here sure. um, from the Save Room. I am a video game journalist. I looked up Typhoon Studios that Mr. Alex is a. Uh, the uh creative director for mm. uh they're known for a couple of titles including one known as journey to the savage planet uh-huh. i gotta tell you funny story about that i never heard of that game until funhouse played it mm-hmm. on a few of their uh youtube programs okay and it actually made me interested in it. i was mm-hmm. like oh hey that looks a lot of fun i should check that out mm-hmm. right i gotta tell you Alex Hutchinson has done anti-marketing for this game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play this game now. <laughs> like, I legit do not want to play this anymore. <laughs> Just because that sentiment was galling enough to me to be like, I don't want that. That's how that shit works. That's when the market decides, baby. <laughs> well, we're also talking about two very different types of media here, okay? He's going to be streamers. Yeah, well, no, just so, yeah. The music industry... Um, which has been protected under various copyright acts and things for many, many, many years, decades, decades at this time. The DMCA, which is this huge thing that has actually been causing, you know, uh, a lot of these streamers have to kind of go delete all their old clips, is because of copyright protections for artists and, you know, sharing music and streaming music that isn't, you know, paid for, or whatever the case may be. Whereas gaming does not have a lot of the same protective rights in place for, like, copyright and, and things like that. A lot of it is just kind of redistribution. Like, you know, don't redistribute a game. Don't right? don't sell this. Just don't sell it. That's kind of like don't, the yeah. basic protection yeah. right, that's in place for it. Nothing like royalties, nothing like that. So, like, gaming doesn't exist in that same bubble that music and movies does. Like, royalties are not a thing in the same way. So to say that streamers should have to pay royalties. Like, license the, it? License fees to developers. Like, it's just not a thing that's going to happen. They already paid the $60 for the game in most cases because not everybody gets free games for, for content creation. Right. It's it's a privilege for those people who do get it. I, I just but truly, people like us don't. Yeah, I just know? truly think it's a thing that shouldn't happen. Yeah. I, I, I think looking at like streamers, and I and I know he's thinking of like the top five percenters. The majority of streamers out there are not making buku buck mm-hmm. and definitely can't afford fucking licensing fees mm-hmm. to play Journey to the Savage, whoever gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Uh the, the thing about this is, like, you can't treat these motherfuckers like they're broadcast network, mm-hmm. like, television stations, where it's like, you gotta license this if you're gonna play it on your program, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what the fuck? That's that, it kind of kills the point of what it is, and honestly, it's one of those, you're not only looking the gift horse in the mouth, you put a shotgun in its mouth and fired, fired to look at this free marketing and say to yourself, this is actually a bad thing. Yeah. What the hell? Are, what are you? Are you a villain? Are you an oil tycoon? What the fuck? And where does that where does that stop too? Where it's like okay, exactly. does that, that stop? Like if if those sort of things did start to happen, where licensing fees and and copyrights were kind of put in place for like games like this and, and developers. Okay, so what does it extend to? Is it Twitch? Is it people who decide to have like, uh, oh, I'm a local like restaurant or bar or establishment, and I'm gonna have a gaming night where people can come out and like play video right. games. Oh no, can't put those video games without like you know get, paying a fee to like Nintendo or whoever. Like, yeah. It's it, you're 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 crossing into like all new territory with it. it. Like there's a lot to like kind of unpack and, and think with. Yeah. Like, do I do I have to pay fifty cents a screenshot? <laughs> right. Much like, like where, where does this end? 
a lot of like bars have to pay like like fees for musicians and licensing to even have like cover nights where like musicians can play cover songs Hmm. so like there there's so much to kind of unpack and so much that's not even established with gaming you know right so and i i I get that he's trying to approach it from that angle too of just like well it's content that you're using that isn't yours and i'm just like so what does that mean you they're your studio is going to stream the game themselves. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like where, where does this, where do you see this buck stopping? Right? Like, how do you see this being envisioned? And I just think it's like, so ugh. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's why, it's why content creators were very, very um, opposed to Nintendo's uh, takedowns on YouTube a little while back where they're like, you need to be a content. You need to be a part of our like program is basically what they came up with mm-hmm. or some shit like that. And it just feels well, greedy. It feels like a very greedy thing where it's like, I, I, I think you guys are really like being short-sighted about this thing where mm-hmm. it's a good thing for a audience that you may not have garnered to begin with to see it from their favorite streamers or YouTubers or whatever mm-hmm. and be like, oh shit, that actually looks a lot of fun. I mean, we see things all the time, like Among Us being a very good example, a game that came out two years ago didn't really make a splash in the water. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly during a pandemic where everyone's stuck inside, it got real big. And I mean fucking big it's huge everyone knows among us everyone's been talking about among us Mm -hmm. right like you want that who attributed to that streamers oh shit content creators dude you think fucking inner sloth is like god damn it these assholes didn't pay us (laughs) like no they're thinking thank god they're happy for it out there because it i mean it is a free game but Mm. like at that point it's like it's so much like positive buzz and hype and 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 celebration for the studio at that point like where it's like oh now they you know might get funding to go ahead and do a bigger project and stuff like that you know now they also the the one thing i need to know the Fortnite of it all the the fuck night of it all uh the one thing that i want to mention as well is that um (laughs) so apparently stadia is having like this the three day three days of announcements like event or something that already happened mm. i guess they're trying to announce new things for stadia <laughs> uh mr hutchinson's tweet overtook every single tweet from stadia like uh, as far as numbers and engagement goes yeesh. yeah that's why google had to be like we don't know him <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, see man. about him being a part of our <sighs> launch let the people speak yeah oh that's such bad buzz because it's like i think we're so like laser focus on bad takes these days that like when we see one it's like we have to call it out like that was a bad take immediately yeah but also i think it's this is a good instance of like calling out the bad take where it's just like yeah it started this conversation where everyone was just kind Mm -hmm. of very much aligned to Mm -hmm. that ain't gonna work that way Mm -hmm. and very good points for why as well which is like oh you think it's a oh to pay the developer no it's paying the publisher it's going straight to the publisher exactly it's going to the fat cats so like why it doesn't help the developers at all, and it doesn't stop the contractors from getting cut loose at the end of development cycle. Yeah, they nothing changes, Alex. It's, it works so differently than on, like uh, other industries. I can't stress that enough. Where it's like, yeah. okay, maybe like you get paid your annual or hourly rate as a contractor or employer, like whatever like game company you're at. Mm. Maybe you get a bonus if a game hits a certain amount of sales or like you know hits a certain benchmark. But that's usually it. Like the next time you get paid for a game is usually like, oh, if you happen to make DLC for a game and then you're on contractor on board to develop that. And then you usually don't get paid till the next project. Like it's just Here's my last thought on this. <sighs> that audience is there for the streamer, not for the game. Mm-hmm. And that's something that needs to be painfully made clear. They're not big because of your game, they're big because of their personality. 
Yep. Deal with that. Deal with that fact. Because there's people out there that aren't going, PewDiePie, you were better when you were playing Last of Us. No, they don't give a shit what he's playing. They're there for PewDiePie. Terrible example because I hate him. But a still valid example. They're not like, man, I wish you went back to amnesia, dude. No, they don't. (laughs) They'll follow him. However they discovered him. (laughs) I I think some people might be of that mindset. But for the most part, like people are there for the the content creator themselves regardless yeah. of what they play yeah exactly yeah. they're there for that creator your game doesn't matter so mm-hmm. if a studio comes at them and goes like oh actually you need to license this out they'll be like cool i'm gonna bounce to another game that is mm-hmm. very happy to have my free marketing mm-hmm. simple as that <laughs> don't make this world for yourself because it's gonna backfire <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah <laughs> it just blows my mind again it's different than like burning a game and redistributing it like it's just like you're watching mm-hmm. somebody play a game and you might not even be watching it the whole time. Yeah, don't come at these people like, as the fuck? if they're fucking piraters, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? They're not pirating your game. <laughs> oh, they didn't. How did they get that fucking free key then? Yeah, probably your community manager, exactly. idiot. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. ch- charge the community manager? They, for they work with these community managers and marketing people <laughs> to make this happen. I just, I don't know. Like, it, I, it's such a boneheaded, like, stupid thing. When I read those tweets initially, my head did a full three sixty and almost snapped on my shoulders. Where I'm just like, like what? what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know, but it, you know, at least it made for interesting conversation. It did so indeed. Thank you, Alex. You made us angry enough to forget our problems for a minute. Yes, thank you so much. I hope your journey to the Savage Planet 2 does very well. Uh, and I and I hope every YouTuber pays you for that. So, yes. Yeah. We're gonna all oh, yeah, what was the hope for Journey to the Savage Planet? That everybody was going to pay for it? Like, even the people who watched it? Oh, no. Oh, no. If you watch... Watch, this is going to be a new thing where... We didn't really talk about this, but like watch parties for Amazon. Like, yeah. you know, if you're watching a movie as a streamer, people usually have to have like a subscription to Amazon to watch it. Sure. What are you going to do? Make it so people have a like need a subscription to your game service to Stadia? watch people play the game? No, you fucking idiot. No, you fool. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. <laughs> that will not work in your favor, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Alex. I'm sure you're just like, God. Damn. <laughs> what did I do? Got his name out there, but you know, not, his name. not in a way that he hoped. Got his name out there. Eh, oh, yeah. Happens. I'll be keeping track of Typhoon Studios from now on. <laughs> well, do you want to bring this one home? Yeah, my dude, friend? let's bring it on home, man. It. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Save Room. It is the best video game podcast. If you think differently, you're just wrong. You're wrong you're about wrong. that. And you just you need to give us Again, royalties. we're the plus three in AOC plus exactly. three. So exactly. We're a pretty big deal. We're the biggest deal. At least there is apartment complex. Right. But we're going to try to have a nice Halloween-y, spooky movie episode for you pretty soon. Keep your ears posted. And once again, I need to stress, vote. Just vote. Just vote, man. Yeah. What are you doing today? Not voting? Mm -hmm. Well, think about voting. Oh, you're thinking of uh, binge-watching New Girl again? No. Skip an episode. Go vote. Oh, God. Who would say that? I'm just saying. It's a thing people do. That's that's a thing that people do? (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. I really can't relate to a lot of people if that's the case. <laughs> uh, again, if you want to catch us on Twitter, by the way, you can at us at Save Room Show. And that's it. We already mm-hmm. did the upfront. Yeah, of course. We're good. That's all we need to do. Well, we evening. appreciate you guys as always. Be safe. These times are trying. These times are hard. Enjoy the rest of your October. And like we've already said, get out there and vote. Find a safe way to vote. And mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got. There we go, man. God, that was good, dude. Yeah. All right. uh, Save your games. Uh, Turn off your lights. (laughs) Turn off your lights. Hide your kid. Hide your wife. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's from that song. Yeah, you're right.